Hey y'all, welcome to M-A-D-E. Mad Empowerment. Mother and Daughter Empowerment. empowerment. With Georgette Council and Zakia Clemens. We are a mother-daughter duo using our stories, experiences, and perspectives as women to encourage and empower women to lead happier, more complete lifestyles. Come on in and join the conversation. So welcome back to part two of Gigi's breast cancer journey. Yeah, so when we last spoke, uh, we left off with me giving you the news yes. about my breast cancer diagnosis and how that came up. So we're picking up with, <laughs> we were at the dinner. We're at the dinner. And you stop everyone and say, okay, well, everybody, there's a reason why I decided to have this dinner. And so the room goes quiet. And so you say, well, this is what you said. <laughs> well, I am going to get my boobs done. Or something like that. You said, I'm yeah. going to get a boob See, job. you know how you. I've always said I wouldn't get a boob job while I changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and so a couple of people are like, oh, okay. And so I'm like, you decided to get your breasts done? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And so I'm like, you just, you decided to do that on your own. You just, on your own, you decided to do that. And then she was like, well, so I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And at that point, everything came to a stop for me. Because as we talked about in the first, um, the first part, my aunt had been diagnosed with breast cancer just a couple months before couple her weeks, three weeks before me well i For i you, didn't know yeah. about your diagnosis right, right, right. so it had just been a couple months before she had been diagnosed so it was just like what in the world which is why i asked the question because i think i Mary Ann had said the same sort of thing like oh i'm gonna get my boobs done or something and then it was like you're yeah. not just gonna get your boobs done you're getting a mastectomy because you have breast cancer so that's why i asked that question so yeah i think I, so I, how how were you how, how were you feeling in that moment? Because, I, I mean, I was so stressed out. And what happened, which I don't know, you, you know, in hindsight, when you look back, you'll remember all of this happening. But, like, Jackie and Dariel kept, like, Dariel kept calling me to the bedroom or to the bathroom or, or something and saying, what are you going to tell her? Go ahead and tell her. Because I just kept stretching it out. Like, we had dinner and we had dessert and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was in shock. I mean, I don't know. I th I just remember, like, you said that. And then it was just like, huh? <laughs> what? No. Like, I heard you, but no. Because auntie's just that, like, there's no way both, like, two right. sisters don't get it that close together. So, I mean, this, this is not real. So, I think I was just shocked. And so, I I was just shocked. So, I was just there for a second. And, I, and then I noticed everybody's eyes were on me because, of course, Daryl already knew. Miss Jackie already knew. Um, Come to find out, Jazz already knew. Right. <laughs> so everybody was just kind of like, "How's the kid gonna react to this?" Right. And I, so I think really maybe me and Sam, because my best friend Sam was there, yeah, were probably the only two that didn't know. And so, so yeah, and so it was the moment of shock, and then it was just like, "Oh no!" In my mind, the same thing that your mind did when you first found out you were getting called back about the test and stuff. I'm just like immediately going to like, "Cancer, cancer is bad. Cancer, people die from cancer." And so then that's when I just broke down into tears, and I was just like trying to process 
what had just happened because I totally was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I was just kind of crying. And so at some point, you know, everybody was like, you know, it's going to be okay. And then I think that's when you started to tell me, like, I'm going to, I've been to the doctor. You know, they've told me it's, it's stage one or you know, I think stage, it was stage zero still. Stage at zero that at that time. point. Okay. And so, you know, it's okay. They have good prognosis. I'm going to have my surgery and it's going to be fine. And so you were kind of trying to reassure me. But in my head, I'm still just like, can't, like, there's no way. There's, like, this is not happening. Right. And so I think everyone left that night eventually. And so it was just kind of me and you there. And, you know, you were just like, you know, we can talk about it. I know you need time to process it or whatever. And so I'm just like, still like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just still in shock. And I think my biggest fear was that you were going to be mad at me to the degree like. Yeah, I knew you, you told me at that point that you had known yeah. since May. Right. Which was shocking. I, I think mean, you asked me that. You asked me like, well, when did you find out? Or yeah. Whatever. And I was just like, well, I had a mammogram in May. Yeah. Kind of told you the, you know, what had transpired. But I was just fearful of, you know, this is ruining our relationship. Like, she's never going to trust me again. Yeah. We're never going to be close again. Which is not at all what went through my mind. I mean, I was upset that I didn't that know. That you weren't there for yeah, the appointment. Because I would have wanted to be there and I could have been there. Um, because, again, I could have been doing my bar stuff from Columbia the whole time anyway. So I think I was upset. I mean, disappointed that I wasn't a part of it and I feel like I mean I love my stepdad I love my uh, Miss Jackie I love my godma I love all of them but can't nobody handle <laughs> <laughs> nothing going on with her the way I can that's just how I feel I'm sure most people feel that way about their moms but we have a special connection so I just felt like they don't know what they're doing <laughs> why wasn't I part of this they, they don't know what they're doing so like, I would know what to do to help you through this. So I think I felt disappointed from that, but I never felt like anger or like, I'm never going to trust her again or anything like yeah. that. I was just like, dang. Well, that was, you know, I mean, that was my fear, but my emotions were all over the place, you know, yeah. at that particular point because, you know, I'm still trying to process this as well. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to be strong for my sister because she's going through uh -huh. this same scenario and you know trying to make sure that I'm strong for her I didn't even tell her initially it was a long time before I even told Marianne mm -hmm. what um, had happened maybe Marianne was there that night too mm -mm. no she wasn't okay mm -mm. Um, it was a long time before I told her because you know it was just like oh my gosh this this is a lot to have to think about both of yeah. us going through this at the same time and all the unknowns that come along with you know cancer yeah. cancer diagnosis so I think the next thing after that night and you told me was so then my brain I'm going through the emotions or whatever and I'm not I don't know how to handle it right because then my next thing was like well now I have to be strong for you but I just got this news like this is fr I mean it's fresh for you and it is literally you your body and your life but for me it's like fresh 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 so I'm like well, I don't want to impact however far she's come since May because she's had, you know, a month or more to kind of process this. But I'm just now processing it, but I'm right here in the house. So I'm like trying not to cry and break down in front of you, but I'm also trying not to leave you alone because I don't want you to cry and be by right. yourself. So I think that was the next, the next immediate thing that I was just trying to like, 
okay, just keep pull it together. Okay, just go to your room and cry real quick. Okay, clean your face. Okay, come back out here. You know, like trying to do that whole thing too. So, and I, I mean, I knew you were going through through some stuff, and I was just trying to give you some space. And and I was convicting myself, you know, because I should have known. And I remember having. I don't remember if it was a, a discussion or if it was a text message, but I remember at some point you saying to me something along the lines of, I'm a strong person. You raised me to be that way. Like, why do you expect that me to be? when we got to the next part. Okay, okay. So whenever, so the next hurdle was that, now she, in my mind, this is a hurdle. I made it a hurdle, <laughs> was that. You had decided that you weren't going to have the surgery until after I passed the bar. Because in your mind, you thought that having the surgery in the middle of that would distract me. Now, of course, this is you trying to understand how things are going to process for me without me knowing. Now that I know, and now that we can have a conversation, I'm like, well, no, let me sit here and tell you. <laughs> I want to get this handled. If there's cancer in your body, I want them to get it out. Now. For me to sit here and know that you have cancer sitting in your body for another month or two months or you however long it was, another month and a half, is not going to help me at all because now all I'm thinking about is what's happening. What's happening? Is anything changing? Is it growing? Is it moving? Right. Is it, you know, so that was our next hurdle was me trying to convince her that like, yeah, you're, we're not going to wait until after the bar. Like, that's not helpful. And so I think that's when that came. I think okay. a couple days later we had a conversation. Maybe it was like the next day. Yeah. I think very soon after I was like, now when is his surgery? Yeah. And I think Ati Sharon was down the next day and she had kind of pulled me to the side and told me too, like, you know, I think I had asked her something about like, you know, the surgery, like it seems like, why are they, why is it taking so long? Like, let's do the surgery now. And she was like, well, you know, your mom wants to wait until you're done. And I'm like, what did the doctor say? And she's like, well, I've asked the same thing. And Georgette says that the doctor says it's okay. And so at that point I was like, yeah. And I think, were you at the oncologist appointment with me and Daryl when the decision was made to push it up? Yeah. I, okay, this was so, way, but there's still a lot before that happened. Okay. Because, so, so I find out that you're waiting um, so I'm still trying to study for the bar. I think you were still going to work at that point. I and so it, yeah. I knew I couldn't be at the house by myself trying to study for the bar because I mean, this was literally on Saturday or Sunday when we had, when I found out and it's back to study for the bar on Sunday or Monday. So I'm like, there's no way I can sit in this house by myself all week and study for the bar and not just be like a pool of, of tears. So I started Which was going my concern all along. Right. So I started going to my dad's house to study. I was like, I think I, made sure it was okay with you. I think you called my dad and told him everything that was going on. I did. So I went to my dad's house because I was like, okay, I need to be around somebody so that I'm not just sitting in the house crying all day. And so I go to him and so I'm talking to my dad. I'm like, yeah, you know, she's trying to wait and push the surgery off and that's not helping me at all. I mean, none of this is about me or helping me, but since that's where her mind is at, she thinks she's doing this to help me. And I'm like, I don't know how to tell her that this ain't helping me. <laughs> this is making it worse. And so daddy, my dad convinced me to like, well, you need to tell her how you feel. You just need yeah. to sit her down and you need to just tell her how you feel. And so, and that's, this is prior to that oncologist appointment. So I think that night I had typed out the whole thing. I think I still have it on my computer. <laughs> I had typed out this whole thing. He was like, you know, maybe you should just write down what you want to say. So I typed it all out. I'm like, okay, daddy, what do you think about this? Does this sound bad? <laughs> you know, I'm practicing it with him. And so I'm like, okay tonight I'm just gonna sit her down and tell her 
And I think during that conversation, we also had a moment where we said, like, we're going through this together. Let's be honest about how we feel. And, you know, if you need to tell me something, you tell me something. You need to tell me how you feel. You need to break down, and that's fine. Right. And vice versa. And we're going to just... Because we're both protective. Of each other. Of yeah. each other. So we didn't want either one of us to be hiding away. Right. You know, whatever. Which we both knew that we were going to do that to some extent anyways. But yeah. <laughs> we were both trying to break that down. So, yeah. So that night, I think is when I had the conversation. I was like, Ma, you need to have this surgery as soon as they can have the surgery. They say you can have the surgery tomorrow, so you need to have the surgery tomorrow. And you were like, Zakia, I'm not changing my mind about the surgery. I've scheduled it. It's August whenever. That's it. And I was like, I'm not trying to argue with you because... <laughs> We shouldn't be arguing right now but this is not i'm like and i think i remember having that conversation like i know you were trying to think of what would be best for me when i wasn't party to the situation but now i'm party to the situation so i can tell you how it's affecting me and i'm telling you that as much as it's gonna be difficult you know it's gonna be a challenge for us to get through your recovery after surgery and all of that in the middle of this i would rather know that they've gone in there and gotten you know those those tumors those spots out then for me to, it's gonna be much harder for me to focus on anything else when I know it's just sitting there inside of you and you yeah. were still very much like yeah no mm -mm. yeah Surgery's I, in I, August. <laughs> I was pretty hell-bent on like not letting it because I know you and so I knew that no matter what you said or what you told other people and this bared to be true in the end of course to but, a certain extent yeah. you know that you were not gonna be a hundred percent focused on this bar you know prep and and everything and you were already um, stressed out about it and I know how much um, test anxiety you get mm -hmm. and so I was just trying to think of all of those things and I and the fact that this is the beginning of your life like again this wasn't if, if you were just in school like if this was undergrad or even if this was law school and you were like in year two and you, you had a year to go or the last semester or whatever I'd have been like if you want to come home and sit this semester out that's fine you know you can do that mm -hmm. and go back and finish but this is your life you can't sit you can't sit the start of your life out you know what I mean I mean yeah. it was gonna start whether and in you, my mind you know I was like I could care less about <laughs> and that's I remember you but saying like, that yeah, multiple times I like, like I don't care I'll come back I I'll work at Walmart I don't care I, I could literally care even to this day <laughs> Like, and I was like, I no, we have invested a lot of time, energy, the and money. The debt's already here. <laughs> so, no, you're going to be an attorney. That's There's no question about that. And like you said, I think it bared true to some extent. That I think what the point that I was trying to relay, which was very true, was that it's going to affect me regardless. Yeah. Whether you have the surgery today, tomorrow, next week, or next year, it's going to affect me because it's you. So, but what will affect what will have a, a, what am I trying to say? The least effect. The least effect, right, would be if I knew that the cancer was not in you anymore. Yeah. And so I think that's where we were having a hard time, like, kind of coming to a Yeah, coming to an understanding about how that was. And, and everybody else was the same way. I mean, everybody, Daryl, Jackie, Sharon, everybody was the same way. Everybody was like, gee, I think you need to go ahead and get this done. And I was just like, mm -mm, nope, not doing it until August. Like, the doctor is already, the surgeon, anyway, had already told me that I could put it off. At that point, I was like, I'll be at the next appointment. We're going <laughs> yeah. to handle this. <laughs> so, we go to the oncologist yeah. and um, meet with him. And he's got all of my um, information. 
from my uh, biopsies and pathology reports and stuff like that. And so he's looking it over or whatever. And so he asked me, you know, he's telling me what the steps are. You know, you, you're going to have four things. You know, it's going to be surgery. Um, it could be chemo, radiation, and hormone, hormonal therapy. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, so we've got one we know out of the way because you've got your surgery scheduled, correct? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, so when is it scheduled? And I said, you know, August the 6th or whatever it was. And again, at this point, it's like maybe June the 25th. And he's like, August the 6th? And I was like, yes. And he was like, is there a reason that no one could do it before then or whatever? And I said, well... Well, no, it's not that they couldn't do it before then. It's just that, you know, my daughter's in law school or just graduated from law school and she's getting ready to take the bar and I don't want it to impact, you know, her ability to pass this bar exam because that's the start of her life. So I give him the whole story or whatever and my husband is there and so he says to the doctor, so doc, if it was your wife or your sister or your daughter or your mother or whatever and they had this report would you allow them to wait? What would your recommendation be or whatever? And the doctor was, the oncologist was like, oh, absolutely not. They would be having it done as soon as possible. And so then Zakia and Daryl looked at me and they were just like, well, there's your answer. Yeah. And so I remember we left that appointment and Miss Jackie had rolled with us, I guess, over Maybe. there. I think Daryl met us there. Miss Jackie rolled with us. So we get back to the car. And so, um, I think I brought it up like, okay, so we're moving the surgery up. That's the decision. Because I think the doctor was like, you know, you can still call and we have a couple spots open before then or whatever. And so you're like, well, I just have to think about it. <laughs> and so we got to the car and I was like, look, I'm not doing this no more. You were having this surgery. So right. I was like, so the decision has been made, right? We're we're doing this. And and I think Miss Jackie too, I think she broke down and she was like, gee, I really am worried. I really just want you to do this now. Yeah. And I think that was the point where you at least for the first time to me, were like, you were open about the fact that it was like, okay, this is my first time ever going into surgery. This is a major surgery and I'm scared. Yeah. Like on top of me not wanting to do it because I don't want it to impact you. Also, I'm scared and just trying to hold this thing off for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that was the thing, you know, it was like, it, it's it's a hard thing to, to, to explain, but you know, it's like, you want it out, you want it gone, but I'd never had surgery before, so mm -hmm. I was scared to death of surgery. That's why I have this goiter, because they've wanted to remove it for years, and I'm like, why? I'm not letting you cut on me for no mm -hmm. reason. I can swallow, I can speak, I'm no, I'm good, I'll be okay. You know, I've just never had surgery, I've just always been fearful of surgery, and not for any particular reason. It's not like I know anyone that's had like a bad negative outcome or something like that, but I've just been fearful of having surgery and I've always been healthy. I mean, literally, I didn't take an aspirin. I didn't take any pill or anything. And so I've just always been blessed with good health. And I was scared, you know, I mean, I was scared of, okay, if I have this surgery, then what's gonna happen? Like once the, I have one surgery, am I gonna have to have multiple surgeries, multiple surgeries and all that kind of stuff. And so it was a lot, um, it was a lot to, to, to process, but you know, they were adamant that I get it moved up. So it went from literally being like six weeks out, you know, and, yeah. and the other thing is that, you know, I have a job where I work with the CEO, basically. I work with the superintendent of the school district. 
And, you know, in my mind, he can't do anything without me. I mean, how will he survive? I'll just interject here <laughs> that she has been the main one to tell many people right. in their job when they're dealing with a sickness or they need a surgery or whatever. They're yeah. like, look, they can do it without you. Right. As they soon will, as you go, right. they can replace Something you. Something happens to you that replace you before the ink so is dry. So take care yeah. of you. <laughs> I tell, you know, I give good advice. I'm just not great at taking advice. And I love to advice. be able to use her words against her. So that was my Always. immediate thing. Was Always. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, you think he can't do it without you? So, yeah, I was like, I can't just leave my job in a lurch. I'm, I've never been gone, you know. And at that point, they were saying I would be, you know, surgery um, and out of work for a minimum of six weeks. Minimum. Yeah. Meaning, like, it would be longer than that. So, I've, like, hardly been away from work for six days, let alone six weeks. Like, I'm just, I love my job. I love the people that I work with. I enjoy it. Um we have, we're small business owners, so my husband spends a lot of time in the store um, that we own. And because it's retail, you know, we don't have the same luxuries of being away for holidays because those are usually big shopping days. And so I just normally don't take a lot of time away from my job. And I was just like, wait a minute, I got to prepare everybody. Who's going to do I, I got to prepare everybody to take care of him when I'm gone. You know, and he's really, my boss is so self-sufficient. Um, that was, again, in my mind, these are the things that you tell yourself, you know, to make yourself and feel valued. And excuses to try to And excuses, hold off yeah, to, to, again, hold off, put off, you know, and delay this surgery. Mm -hmm. um, but it went from, like, being maybe six weeks out to being, like... Two weeks or something. Two weeks, yeah, like, being, like, eight days or something. Yeah. Because the next date that... Because I had to coordinate both the plastic surgeon... And the surgeon. Then I had to go to work and scramble and be like, well, I didn't have to scramble, but I had to put things in place quicker than I had planned to do so. And so that I could, you know, prepare myself to go ahead and be out and be away potentially uh, for six weeks. And I had no idea how I would recover because I've never had surgery. So I don't know how I do with anesthesia. I don't know how I do with, I don't know my pain tolerance. I mean, I don't know any of that stuff because... Mm -hmm. I've never had to deal with it before, so it was rough. Um, but but the decision was made. Decision was made, and so we pushed forward. And um, I think that was probably the most tense time was those days leading up to the surgery. I mean, at least I think everybody was just kind of like on edge, like, okay, oh crap, this is about to except really I will say the surgeon and the nurse navigator were relieved when they found yeah. out that I told so you. So was I. <laughs> because the first thing was my sister. So my sister and I had the same surgeon and the same nurse navigator. So she had said their names. So when they called me and told me who my surgeon and nurse navigator was, I'm like, I know those names. I'm like, those are Marianne. So then I had to tell the nurse navigator, like, look, my sister doesn't know that I've been diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And she can't know. You know, so anyway, I've got all these people. So when the decision was finally made, like, okay, we're going to move forward, I think they were a little bit, you know, relieved about that but there was still a litany of of appointments and again I cannot stress like I am forever in debt to Sharon Cox Beverly and to Jackie Lee uh, Jackie Lee I mean oh my gosh what can I say she was there for me from day one and she is someone who is she's much like me with her job and her job is one that requires her to be there and be on site and this is the first time since I've known her that she like literally 
put things aside on her job, rescheduled appointments, did things or whatever so that she could be there for me. Like I am forever in their debt um, for them being there. And there, I, I wouldn't have made it through it without them um, to help me with my sanity at, uh, until I was able to get, you know, Zakia wrapped into this situation um, as well. Um, you know, my husband was there as well, but these two ladies, you know, and I don't know, there's something about the female bond, you know, like, just like we're talking about mother-daughter stuff, mm -hmm. that's a little bit different, you know, mm -hmm. men try to be macho and try to be whatever, I mean, Sharon cried, Jackie cried, you know, I mean, we show, we show and share our emotions, and they were there for me, um, from the beginning, and I can never, ever, 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 uh, repay the debt of gratitude to them. Um, and I know that they know that I love them, but I'm saying it publicly for the world to hear. Um, I love them dearly. There is nothing I wouldn't do for them. And they showed up and showed out and showed what true friendship is really about. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, but, yeah, I think to get to the rest of the story, I think we might have to do a part three. Right. I think we probably have a little bit more that we can talk about. This we is a big do. story. It's a big story and it's a big, important story. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to, you know, if my story can inspire someone, then that's what I, that's why I tell it. Uh, initially, like I said, a lot of people didn't know, you know, I didn't put it on social media and that kind of thing because I was still in the mode of feeling like a victim. And I didn't want people coming to me and constantly reminding me that I had cancer and feeling sorry for me because I knew I was gonna survive it. You know, I'm a survivor, I'm a strong person. Like I knew I was gonna survive it and I didn't want the constant reminders. I remember even at work, I had coworkers um, when they found out, I had a couple of coworkers um, that I'm close to that I, that, you know, that I shared it with once it became, you know, a couple of them are breast cancer survivors. Um, and so I shared it with them because I knew they would understand what I'm going through and be able to provide a level of support. But, you know, there were a few that would come by every day and they'd poke their head in my office and they'd be like, how are you? Are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine. And they'd be like, really? Are you, are you really okay? And then of course the floodgates would open and I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. so I had to tell them like, well, I hope you didn't cry like, oh, well, I didn't cry quite like that, but you know, I had to tell them like, if I am at work, I'm okay. So it's fine to come by and speak to me and check on me or whatever, but I can't dwell on it. If I come to work, because this is a distraction for me right now, this is keeping my mind off of the fact that I have cancer and I have this major surgery coming up or whatever, because again, I worked up until the day of my surgery and, um, or maybe a day or two before, but, um, but I worked through that whole time. And so this was a distraction for me. This was a way for me to keep my mind on other things and not sit and be focused totally on the cancer aspect of it. So I had to help people understand that like, it's not helpful to remind me that I have cancer, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and so, so it is an important story. I've learned lots about myself. I've learned lots about dealing with crisis and things like that through this. And if I can inspire someone to take care of themselves and do something that's gonna be positive with re regard to their health, then that's what I wanna do, so. As I said last time, stay on top of your breast health, breast self exams, mammograms, advocate for your, you know, for your good health and, uh, and you can get through just about anything. See you in part three. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for our next episode.
And follow us on all of our social media platforms. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.